0: Welcome to Combos from the Couch by Lifestance Health, where leading mental health professionals help guide you on your journey to a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello, everyone. This is Combos from the Couch by Lifestance Health. I'm Nicolette Lianza, and on today's episode, I'll be talking with Erin Abrams a clinician from one of our Seattle, Washington offices. And he'll be sharing with us some ineffective listening habits. So welcome back, Aaron.
1: Thank you so much. It's great to be back on you.
0: You know, we all know how important good communication is in any relationship, but we all have habits that get in the way of truly listening to others. So Aaron, I look really forward to our conversation today as you share with us what some of those ineffective listening habits are and also probably some tips on how to improve those too totally so i know you're on before can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself
1: yeah totally so i am a licensed marriage and family therapist associate uh, associate so i'm going to be taking my test in the near future and then once i pass that test i'll be fully licensed been doing practice for roughly four years including internships Uh, Actually, this on this topic, I go um, every quarter to Western Washington University, and I actually lecture on this topic. I on am really? listening, and um, so this is something that I've known pretty well. I did a lot of work of it in undergrad. Um, a lot of the content that I'll be getting is from a communication class that I took. Um, it's communication theory with Jason Lynn. Shout out to Jason if you're listening, um, and. Uh, Yeah. And I was able to TA for him. And I, so I created this lecture and I was able, I've been able to do this for like eight quarters or something like that. So I know a lot about this.
0: That is cool. So you are definitely gonna be a wealth of information on this topic for sure.
1: For sure. No doubt about it.
0: So let's get started. First question to you. What are some common ineffective listening habits that people tend to have?
1: Yeah, so there are technically seven. So the first one, which is probably the most common one, is something called pseudo-listening. And pseudo-listening is a process of acting like you're listening, giving the appearance like you're listening, but actually nothing's going through. So a lot of people are just like, hmm mm-hmm, sure, totally. And this happens a lot, especially when you're trying to multitask um, or you're thinking about something else. So some people will do this process, uh, it's called an autonomic ner- uh, nervous system that takes over so when you are driving and talking to somebody on the phone one of the two things is going to take over right so a lot of people will say mm-hmm, sure totally and they have no idea what the other yeah
0: is, is it almost like it's automatic that you're just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and you're not really you're more like an automatic driver <laughs> where it's just kind of taking over so totally
1: and a lot of people will take pay attention to the conversation that they're having and then just kind of go through their autonomic stuff with driving too. So, uh, but that's like another psychological thing, but going back to the communication things. So pseudo listening is again, giving off the appearance that you're listening, but actually nothing's coming through. So that is what a pseudo listener is. Got you. The first or the second one is something called stage hogging. Um, so what stage hogging is, is a process where, Basically, they want to change the topic and to something that's more like interesting to them. So basically, somebody is talking about, you know, oh man, I've had a really really rough day. You had a rough day. You should listen to what I had to do. So they're taking, you know, they're taking control of the the conversation. This can also be termed as a conversational narcissist.
0: Ah, okay. So
1: they, these are. This is the. You know, again. Very much being self, I don't say self-absorbed, but very, uh, very much wanting to take over the quote unquote stage um, and tell people what they want to say and kind of disregarding what the other person wanted to say.
0: And it's it sounds like this is a little different than someone trying to one up you, but that could be a part of it. Like you think you had a bad day, I had a bad day even worse because of this and that happening. Okay. Yes,
1: or even in another way, it could be something like, oh, I'm not really interested in this topic, so I'm gonna yeah. ch- you know change this to something more interesting. Today. Yeah. Right. Makes so sense. that's going to. That's what one of those. Uh, An effective listening behaviors, again like you're not really processing what they're saying and they're just going to like jump to the gun and be like there is, this is not important what i'm saying is more important so that is that's a right. stage hogging so that's again kind of disregarding in the listening process instead of having because you know in communication you're simultaneously playing sender and receiver so basically you're just playing sender and not receiver so the third one so we've gone over pseudo listening we've gone over stage hogging third one is called selective listening now, selective listening is basically parsing out things that somebody said in, in whole and and then, you know, basically only t- taking what, what you feel like is interesting. So today was a good day, but, you know, I also had a really tough time in the computer lab today or something like that. Some people can be like, today was a pretty good day. And so they're like, okay, cool. So we got, it was a pretty good day. There's nothing else here right you're just focusing on that small little part um and so selective listening you're basically here oh okay i'm uh, they had a good day it kind of goes you know uh and when you're out the other for the other contextual clues and things like that
0: i'm actually chuckling a little bit to myself right now aaron because you covered three and i think some of our listeners are like Hmm, I know someone who does selective listening. I know someone who does stage hogging. I, I bet you, even with these three, there's someone out there like, oh, I know someone who does that. So these are really, really great. Right, John, yeah. What's what's number four for us? Yeah, number
1: four. So number four is actually something called insulated listening. Now this is basically like this is a topic that you just have, do not want to hear, and you're just like la 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 like this is something that you're just going to internalize something else, and you're just going to not. I do not want to listen. That's what insulated listening is. Uh, A big topic, you know, in terms of like looking at uh, statistics and things like that is is politics. Um, So a lot of people are just like, okay, if the topic of politics comes up, I'm just going to, you know, put earmuffs on, so to speak. Um, Not literally, but they, you know, they're going to kind of check out, right? So, I'm picturing uh, almost
0: like a little kid sticking their fingers in their ears, like, la, 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 I'm not going to hear this, I don't want to listen to this kind of imagery, is, what it evokes from this insulated yeah. listening. Okay. And, and,
1: yeah, and so it says, uh, here verbatim, like, instead of looking for specific information, these people avoid it. Whenever a topic arises that they would rather not deal with, those who are insulated listeners uh, simply fail to hear or acknowledge it. Uh, and that's from Adler in 20, uh. Thirteen or 2012 or something like that so um so yes that's kind of the process but you're right it's very much again not in the physical form of like blah 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 but you're again you're just going to check out gotcha. and um kind of you know just not even listen so again we got pseudo we got stage hogging we have done selective listening and we have done insulated listening so far fifth one uh, is something called defensive listening now basically, this is one where somebody hears a remark that somebody communicates as a personal attack. And they're going to basically, when they're hearing it, they're thinking they're gonna be defensive and they're gonna respond in that receiver receiving and communicating back roll of, okay, this is a threat, and I'm going to defend myself. Right. So for example, like, hey, how's your day going today? And then the, you hear that and you're just like, what's it to you? What do you want to know? So that's, that's like a that defensive listening example of saying, hey, how's your day to go? And somehow, some way, even though it's, you know, objectively from uh, other, other people's perspectives, not a threat, that person is somehow, some way taking it as a threat. And so they're becoming defensive and they're going to react that way.
0: Makes that's sense. Makes sense
1: listening technique this next one is probably the one that frustrates the most and it's called ambushing so this is number six uh number six is called ambushing now ambushers are really good listeners but they're listening carefully to you but only because they they are collecting the information so that can use it as an attack against you at another time Uh, so you can have Something you can say something one day, and you think that the conversation's over or the argument's over and that it's resolved and everything like that, and then it gets used against you in another conversation or in another argument.
0: Uh, yikes! Ouch.
1: Yeah. So this is called ambushing. Uh, and again, this is the one that probably frustrates the most people. And uh, and you're right. I know that when you spoke about this earlier, like there are going to be people like, oh yeah, I do pseudo listening. I do selective listening. I think all of us have intentionally or unintentionally use these ineffective listening behaviors Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um and it's it's tough to kind of overcome to you know because it's kind of one of those things that i mean sometimes yes we are you know personally trying to like in this case like i feel like ambushing might be a thing that you are more intentionally doing sounds like it yeah because again you're saying okay i'm collecting this information And sometimes people will use ambushing when they are in an argument and maybe when they are defensive, right? Oh, fair, yeah. So, oh, okay, well, you're going to tell me that I'm not doing this right. Well, you didn't do this right. Well, I thought we already talked about that. Right. You get into this game of Pong, like I like to say, this back and forth and back and forth and back and forth when nobody wins. So um, ambushing, again, carefully uh, collecting information because you want to use it against them um, at another time. So, again, uh, before I hit the last one, I just want to recap. So we got pseudo listening. We have done selective listening. We have done uh, stage hogging. uh, We have done insulated listening. We have done defensive listening. We have done ambushing. And then the last one, which is one that I will not say is super common, but it definitely is uh, around, is something called insensitive listening. Insensitive listening is basically taking what somebody says at face value and not responding or not, and they're just honestly completely missing the important emotional information or the important emotional context that's around. So, for example, hey, you know, how are you doing? I, I guess I'm okay. Great, you're okay. That's great to know you're here. You see, so you can hear the, you can see it on words, you know, I guess I'm okay. you again, taking that phrase at face value and not saying, oh, he's actually looking down and having a somber tone, right? right. So that's the insensitive listening is taking face value and not, ta- and not getting into the important emotional information that is being presented to you as well, because, you know. It sounds
0: like missing out on the body language, you know, I'm, I'm okay, but really the body language is showing
1: otherwise.
0: Whereas the saying one thing, body language saying another, the emotion no. behind it.
1: Uh, like something called a mixed message.
0: Yeah, there you go. Mixed message yeah, for it's sure. A,
1: yeah, something called a mixed message where, you know, you're, whatever is being said can look a certain way, but the body language or, you know, uh, vocalics or, you know, uh, semantics or whatever are showing something different. So that's uh, those are the ineffective listening behaviors that I wanted to kind of go through. And it's kind of cool. I actually, you know, in my lecture, I use a lot of like how I met your mother examples oh, cool. or, um, you know, pop culture examples. I use some from like other sitcoms like Big Bang Theory, The Office, uh, Parks and Rec, things like that. So well, that's great, because that's
0: another way of really portraying it to your students of really being able to see it, what it looks like.
1: Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, those are, but no. those great.
0: are great. Those are great. And who would have known there's so many. <laughs> yes. So, so how do these habits impact communication and even
1: relationships? It's a great question. I think that, you know, again, if we have a tendency to do something, you know, with these ineffective listening behaviors, it makes us kind of shut down and not really want to communicate with the partners anymore right? If somebody is tending like, you know, their tendencies are always to be defensive whenever you're just, you know, trying to have a conversation with them. It'd make you not want to really talk to them, right?
0: Uh-huh. Or have to
1: feel like you have to walk on eggshells with them. Um, you know, and, you know, you know pseudo listening, okay, they, whatever I am saying doesn't really matter to them. Or, you know, I can't really say anything to them because they won't ever, like, like you could, they could use it against me, like ambushing, oh, right? right? So, It it does definitely get out of that kind of like trusting nature in romantic relationships and friendships and, you know, familial relationships and so on and so forth. Like, you know, we want to be able to trust our people, but it also is going to be really hard if, you know, again, there's a tendency or there's a theme of, yeah, I I don't know if I can trust this person. Right. Their tendency, they have a tendency to, you know, just try to up, one up me and stage hugging, or they try to, you know, they just don't want to even hear me because even though I really like to talk about politics, they are just like, nope. So
0: I think, you know, with the ambushing, it makes me think that if someone's going to use your own words against you, I, you know, that really doesn't help you to feel very emotionally safe with that
1: person. No doubt.
0: And or just feeling very invalidated if they don't want to hear you or shutting down the the conversation, you know, putting their head in the sand, you know, things like that. This all feels very invalidating. So we can definitely see how this would affect relationships, communication in relationships
1: too. No doubt.
0: Gosh. So shifting gears in, so what would be some of the benefits of effective listening and how can it improve communication in relationships?
1: Let's talk about building trust versus, ah. uh, like, you know, a lot of people, it uh, seems like it's, there's a universal truth that people want to be heard, understood, and valued, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you are able to, um, you know, do kind of this emotion focused or relational listening, or, you know, things like that, when you are actually processing, you know, uh, under showing that you understand. So there's a four step process that I like to do, which is, and I know I might be skipping the question or something. Yeah,
0: like that's all good. Don't worry about it. Keep going. This is good.
1: Uh, uh, a four-step process that's you know kind of listening to really listen and understand and value this person rather than like listening to fix or using an ineffective listening thing is you know when you first first paraphrase, you want to paraphrase what they're saying so that again you want to, they're gonna feel hurt. So I want to make sure I'm hearing you right. Did you say X, Y, and Z? Right? Yes, I did. Okay, cool. Second step is you know kind of identifying what the emotion is for that person and so okay yeah I can understand why uh your you know partner on your uh class project kind of said that you know they went behind your back and said that they did all the work even though you did all the work you know I can hear that what you know what emotions are you feeling right well Um, I'm feeling really hurt and betrayed and whatever okay mm -hmm. so then that's you know, let them be the ones to tell you what emotions that they're feeling rather than trying to just put words in their mouth, right? Mm -hmm. Third step, again, I I, want to focus on not trying to put words in their mouth here, but kind of empathizing, you know, using empathy with those emotions that they're feeling. Well, if I were in your shoes, I'd probably feel those emotions too. I also might feel this or that. Do you feel that too? Right? And again, Mm -hmm. we don't want to shift this to us this Is continuing being that realm of curiosity, of saying, "Hey, are you also experiencing this too?" Because now they're not only just going to feel heard; they're going to feel understood. Right. 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 And that, and it's also in a uh, sense valued in what they're they're saying because you're really attending um, to what they're saying. And then the fourth one is honestly uh, probably the most important one, which is just asking what they need. What are you needing at this time? Do you need space? Do you need to talk this out more? Do you need me to go get you some ice cream? <laughs> Do you, you know what, what is it that you need at this point? And so, again, if we're going to shift from ineffective listening behaviors to this model, right? Again, you're paraphrasing so that people are being heard. Mm-hmm. You're identifying and empathizing with those emotions, which are making them going to feel understood and valued. And then getting their needs met as well by asking them, hey, what are you needing right now? And
0: I love this because it's a four step. It's like the four steps, you know, do this. This will help you build trust in your communicating communication with others. This does shift it into more effective listening. And that last one of, you know, what is it you need asking them what they need, not you assuming what you think they need, but just asking them. I think that's so key. And I think that's ultimately feeling, you know, helping someone really feeling heard. What is it that you need? I think that's really, really great.
1: Yeah, totally. And uh, you know, I come from a, I went to grad school at Seattle Pacific University, and they have a method called ORCA, which is openness, respect, curiosity, and accountability at the power, or accountability in general. And so I always like to use the big C here of ORCA, which is curiosity, throughout all my communication and all my listening uh, practices. Because I feel like if you could, you know, I'm, you know, let's be real, I am a bald white guy, and I come from, you know, the Seattle area. And I'm not going to know what it's like to be in a different culture or a different city or do we have a different ethnicity or different mm-hmm. backgrounds. And so, you know, because, you know, they have unique perspectives, I'm curious of what that is like. And so that I can learn more about them and learn more about, you know, uh, the world, honestly. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's really important as well to get that context is when you're going through this process, try to really keep that in the, you know, and the lens of curiosity. So your like curiosity that. glasses
0: on. Yeah, love that. So what are some tips to help people practice, you know, these listening tips, these listening skills in their daily life?
1: It's a great question. You know, what I like to say a lot when we're trying to, you know, get communication devices or these listening devices or these skills that we're doing, just like if you become a good basketball player, you just have to shoot a lot. You have to practice it a practice. lot. Practice. If you want to uh, become a good therapist, you have to get a lot of time in, and you have to do a lot of see a lot of the population that you want to. And I think that, and you know, obviously, you know, read up and be studious, and all you know, know your theory that you likes the theories that you like. Sorry, and do that. You know, if you want to be a good carpenter, you, again, there's a lot of repetition that comes with it. And so, yes, there might be some trial and error at first, but the answer to your question is, yeah, practice, just keep trying, you know? And I think that, you know, there's going to be really good intentions at first and maybe a weird impact, but I think that if you continue to, like, have communication, you know, talk about that and maybe even have meta communication of, like, hey, this is what I was trying to do in, you know, uh, in my communication with you, in my listening practices with you, was that noticed or how did that come off to you, right? So, I think that there's gonna be a lot of again, practice, and then also like I don't think you know you should be afraid to like have meta communication about the communication that you're having with your partner, right? Because again, sometimes we intend something, but that's not necessarily the impact that's happening on your partner yeah. or on your the the your friend or you know whoever else is involved. Um, you want to very much be on the same page. And I think sometimes that, ties, that takes time um, and practice and effort.
0: Now, how can you help us navigate if we're recognizing maybe someone we're talking to is maybe reflecting some poor listening's you know habits or things like that, or even some misunderstandings? What are some things people can do to navigate that, or, or to bring that up with them to make them aware of it?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I think that, uh, again, if I'm going to use kind of the ORCA method, let's say that, you know, I am trying to listen and somebody is trying to stage stagehawk or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, like if there's like a three, if there's three of us and, you know, I could be something saying something along the lines of, hey, you know, I I hear that you're really interested in the subject and that you really want to speak about it. But, you know, Mandy was talking here. So I really want to focus on what she's saying. And if it's in the dyadic, you know, the interpersonal communication, then it can be like, Hey, so I feel like, is it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're, you're checking out, you know, is it because of, you know, something that I said, or is it because, you know uh, you just got distracted by something else? Like what's going on? That's something called a perception check, by the way. Um, And, you know, so uh, I think that's going to be, you know, kind of calling it out a little mm-hmm. bit that's saying, what it sounds
0: have, like calling yeah. about a little bit yeah
1: but in a, a soft way
0: mm-hmm.
1: right because then you, you get into you know like this really big you language and then we get into defensive listening and we play this game of pong like oh my gosh you never listen to me see you're checking out again or you know what you always use whatever i'm saying against me and i don't like it this is really dumb right um Again, then people are going to get defensive, and then we start escalation and all that. So again, if we can try to come from you know this very open spot of like, hey, I want to be open and honest with you. This is what I'm seeing. This is why. I'm, this is the impact that I'm having. And I want that to be known, right? So I can see that you're you're really uh, taking only little tidbits of what I'm saying and not seeing the whole context and not seeing everything that I hear. So I want to say this again. Can you really, can you like be with me here and maybe like Mm -hmm. repeat what I say, you know? Uh.
0: You did a lot of I statements there, like coming from, you know, I think a lot of, you know, giving feedback to someone who you feel maybe isn't listening the best to you. You want to come at them where you're not putting them more on the defensive. So a lot of what you just gave as example, like, I feel this, you know, using those I statements, which I know is pretty cliche when we talk about communication, use those I statements, but you gave a total example of that, you know? So I think it's just emphasizing that importance of like, I feel this way, as opposed to you do this and you do that. I think that's really pushes people back on putting them on the defensive.
1: Totally, and I think that, you know, with going a little further with that, with I statements, I feel this way when this happens, right? Instead of, I feel this way when you do this, Yeah. Yeah. right? And I think that you can do the the latter for sure. But again, I think that tone and context are going to be really important. You know, I feel really hurt when you never tell me blah blah blah. Okay, I hear that you feel hurt, but now I'm gonna feel defensive because you say I never do this, that, or the other thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so that whatever was said to be first is not gonna be as important as me having to feel defensive of, you know, me doing this, this, and this, right? right. So I think yeah, so being able to say, hey, you know, when somebody just checks out or when somebody is just like acting like they listen to me but nothing goes through, it makes me feel unheard and not unwanted and not really seen.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know? And yeah, you're right. Using I statements is yes, you could like you said it's communication 101, very cliche, but does it, something it, to is, it. No, this is basically a very, you know, we're just providing skills and we're providing, you know, information for our listeners to to take with them, right? And to become aware of, right?
0: Right, right. So any other takeaways you'd really like to emphasize on this topic?
1: Yeah, you know, there are a lot of, um, you know, if I want to just go just really quick uh, over the different uh, ways for um, uh, informational listening and for, you know, relational listening. Um, So ways that we can gather information more so that you know again we try to have better understanding. And so like, you know, being able to talk less, trying to, you know, get rid of distractions, don't judge prematurely, uh, look for key ideas, ask sincere questions. So being more active, turn trying to learn more. Um, uh, sometimes you should use AIDS. So writing stuff down if it's mm-hmm. really important. Um, and yeah, like I said, paraphrasing, restating what the other person said and or meant in your own way so that's kind of ways to gather information and the relational um again you know a lot of people will think of you know uh ways to fix right like i think it was an insane stat in 2009 or something like that where 95 percent of guys you know listen only to fix things and sometimes mm-hmm. you want to listen to listen mm-hmm. so the first one the reason why i say that's you know the first one. Uh, for a type of response for relational listening is advising which is fixing something offering a solution but again that's not the end all be all here because you can also analyze you meaning like you're interpreting the situation you can you know kind of evaluate what's going on like what's you know uh what's your mindset in here you know uh what's you know what's going on is there any other contextual thing and this is called judging here but i think it's more of a not, you're not judging the person, you're just you're kind of more being curious of like what other context clues are really happening. Oh, I see. see? Um, you, you know, supporting and then questioning, um, you know, again, asking questions, being curious, you know, supporting that person, trying to show some sympathy or empathy and solidarity, show that they're not alone. Um, prompting, so you know, some of these non verbals of like, yeah, continue, I want to hear more, right? And again, going back to paraphrasing, continuing. Uh, confirming what is being said. I want to hear that I heard you right. Um, and again, like context and gender play a big type in these responses. And I think you know uh, the way that uh, we uh, the, the the way that we do respond, and maybe not such a harsh way, but maybe in a soft way, is going to really impact uh, and you know that interpersonal communication. And again, the trust and the feeling just kind of safe in with yeah. that person, right? So those are some things of like, okay, you know, what are some, you know, key points of like how to combat some of these ineffective listening behaviors or like, what are some opposite things that I can work on? You know, you can hopefully re, you know, uh, re-read or re-hear all of those things I was talking about.
0: My gosh, Aaron, you did a great job covering what we shouldn't I'm- be doing when we're not listening as well as like what we can do to, Be better at it. I mean, thank you. You really, I mean, this is a very thorough discussion because I think you gave a lot of, going more in depth tips of how to do it. I think this goes beyond like, you know, we we were talking about I statements and often if you just Google online, you know, uh, how to communicate better, it'll give like a little list of five things like use I statements and blah, 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 blah. And you went beyond that. And I know I really appreciate that. And our, our listeners will as well. So oh, thank you so, so much. Yeah. Thank you. And, you know,
1: like I said, I, I got to give a lot of credit to, you know, Jason and to the people, you know, me being able to do this a lot during undergrad and being able to come back every quarter and uh, teach this lesson. So I'm glad that this was a topic that was important. And I do think it's important because, you know, sometimes, you know, even me as a so-called expert, you know, fall into this category. Um, you know, uh, I think this we
0: all have, we'll can fall into this category. Right.
1: Yeah. No doubt. You know, I, my wife was speaking about something uh, I think it was regarding like a pickleball team or something like that. And I was just trying to fix it right away. And I'm just like, oh, wait, what am I going to be talking about tomorrow? That's probably, uh, probably needed like scooch back and, you know, whatever. So I, 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 again, even with us professionals, like we will mess up sometimes and we yeah. will, you know, not necessarily be perfect all the time. So you can give yourself a little bit of grace and be like, hey, you know, Mr. Ball Therapist guy, Aaron Abrams was saying, you know, these are all the things that you're supposed to do. And so I need to just do take this for beta. Well, yeah, you can try your best, right? Try your best, do the best you can with what you got and live with the results. And that's, I guess, my final takeaway. That,
0: that's great words of advice right there. So thank you again, Aaron. Love to have you back on.
1: I'm sure that I will be. Thanks, Nikki. I appreciate it.
0: And I would also like to thank the team behind the podcast Jason Clayton, Chris Kelman, and Juliana Witten. Take care, everyone.